We're going to start this morning with uh, an ongoing and difficult and important conversation to try to make sense of, to try to understand what we've been seeing on Canadian streets recently, right here in Alberta, Edmonton and Calgary, acts of hatred. Racism's not new, but there's something really disturbing about what we've been seeing recently, very brazen, happening in in broad daylight and in full view of others, Uh, and primarily, by the way, women, women of color, were being attacked simply for that reason. And it's difficult, I think, for most of us to understand the, the ignorance, the insecurities, whatever it is going on inside the minds of these individuals who are doing this. But at the same time, I don't think we can just say, well, racist kooks are going to do what racist kooks are going to do and just kind of act as though it's something bad that happens, like bad weather. What are you going to do about it? But we can and should do something about it. Certainly, I think if nothing else, we need to send a very clear message uh, that this is not welcome, that we are going to have zero tolerance for that kind of intolerance here in this province. So as the Alberta government uh, looks at what to do about this, how best to respond to this, it has really struck home in certainly a very personal way for our next guest, who is a a member of the uh, provincial cabinet, Minister of Community and Social Services, also the MLA for Calgary Northeast, Rajan Sani. Learned Friday that uh, her 25-year-old daughter was the latest in the series uh, of aid attacks been uh, grabbed, shoved, verbally accosted by a very aggressive, racist individual in downtown Calgary on Friday. She posted about it on her social media. There's been all kinds of uh, reaction and support, which has been good to see over the last few days. But joining us on the line this morning is uh, the aforementioned Minister of Community and Social Services for Alberta, Rajan Sani, joining us. Minister, thanks for making some time for us here today. Welcome to the program. Good morning, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to speak to you about this very important subject matter. Well, I mean, it's important that we talk about it. I just, you know, for you as as a mother, as as somebody who I'm sure has, has experienced this yourself, I mean, just give us an idea, if you can, of just all the thoughts, all the emotions that have been going through your head over the last few days here. Yeah, and you know what? I You're right. I have experienced this myself, so my thoughts have been all over the place. It's been a bit of a roller coaster of emotions because you know, I wear a couple of different hats. So I've got my minister hat, but as my mother hat, I was extremely upset when I found out. I was livid. I was enraged. I was um, devastated. And, you know, as somebody who has uh, been at the receiving end of all kinds of horrible treatment growing up, I always thought that I could protect my children from this. And if I was careful enough and I gave them enough tools and um, I guess talked about these issues uh, openly that, that I could protect them from these sort of things. And especially within my circle of influence, I, I talk about these uh, topics uh, um, very frequently. But at the end of the day, when you have racism and bigotry and discrimination out there in society, and there is a sliver, I'm not painting a wide society with this brush there's a sliver out there things are going to happen and you you can't be protected at all times 
you know, and, and we, I think we, we assume or believe, right, that kind of there's that, that arc of moral progress, that uh, as time goes on, things are going to improve, and whatever you might have dealt with earlier in your life, maybe you think or hope that as your children start to age, this becomes less of a problem, and maybe as, as they have children, and, and even less of a problem still, and, you know, and, and maybe we are making progress in some areas, but, you know, it's it's just so discouraging, isn't it, to see that this is still an issue and that it's manifesting itself in this way. It's uh, very discouraging and it's very damaging to to people's psyche, actually, that this is happening. And we did make a lot of progress and we are going to continue to make progress. But something has shifted in recent years where it has become more palatable for some to speak about while we just think differently. Racist and bigoted thought is now being mm-hmm. veiled as, oh, we just have a difference of opinion and this is just, you know, we're expressing our freedom of speech. We have seen all kinds of things happening south of the border that have sort of legitimized these voices. And uh, certainly there are some provinces here within our country that have also given legitimacy to these voices of bigotry. And because we are seeing these emboldened and blatant attacks against ethnocultural communities, it's, uh, it's out there. I mean, nobody can deny it. Nobody can deny the fact that we've had women, Muslim women who wear hijab, who have been attacked both in Edmonton yeah. and Calgary. That has happened. And I can tell you that these attacks are also underreported. Well, and that's the thing, right? Yeah, not, not everybody calls police. You know, maybe they... They, they feel it's pointless or or who knows why. But, yeah, you're right. I think a lot of these don't get reported to police. Now, uh, your daughter did phone police. Do we know anything more about what's come of that, uh, whether there's any suspects or any progress on that side? Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm going to say that I'm super proud of her. It takes a lot of courage to yeah. actually speak up the way she did, and I know she was quite nervous about it. I was really nervous about it. But she she spoke up because we've been talking about this, and she said, well, I have a voice, I have all the support, and I'm going to speak up for all those women who did speak up, and maybe their voices weren't as amplified. And uh, so I just want to say that, you know, I have tremendous pride in her. Um, we did receive some information from Calgary Police Services that they think they may have a suspect, and we're just waiting to hear back. Well, let's let's hope we see something happen on that front. Now, the, the other side of it too, which is is disturbing, is you know this this was in broad daylight. She had, I believe, met a friend for for a coffee in downtown Calgary. So this is the middle of the day, broad daylight. There were people around, and maybe we all like to think that in a situation like this, we'll do the right thing. We'll stand up for somebody who's, who's being victimized. But what, what can you tell us about what happened, and you know what what the reaction of others around were? I did ask her when I spoke to her on the phone, I said, did anybody try to help you? And she said, no. And we talked about it further and she outlined to me who was there and what actions she took. She did all the right things. She uh, pushed this guy away and she ran towards people to try to create some space. And she stood behind uh, a man and a woman and this uh, guy who attacked her still lunged at her and nobody intervened. So as a mother, I was horrified to hear that and and I because I think I would always intervene. But at the same time, I also know when these things happen, um, it can be very shocking. It can be paralyzing. And not everybody knows how to intervene. And 
So um, as, as minister, I know that we have funded some bystander programs in the past, and we are going to be making some concerted effort to really add this to our prevention framework, which I'm working on right now with my department. But this is something that we can actually change. We can make progress in this area. If we get people who are bystanders to speak up and intervene, I actually think we can make a dent as we move forward. Well, and yeah, and, and certainly, we, you know, the the focus recently has been, as we've seen, you know, unfortunately, some of these incidents happening in 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 our streets, and obviously the horrific uh, attack in uh, London, Ontario, recently. You know, there's been a focus on how how do we combat this? Um, you know, in terms of those kinds of more specific interventions, in, in a broader sense, how we respond to all of this. And I know it's something, as you say, the government's been working on. I mean, what what more do we need to be doing? Do you think? You know, we have had so many conversations internally, and I know that everybody is saying, well, there's so many words. We want action. And we agree. We we internally, when we have our meetings in Cabinet and Caucus, we agree. We want more action. And so some of the initiatives that have been announced, like the Security Infrastructure Grant, for example, that is phenomenal in terms of, you know, creating more empowerment and safety for some of our faith-based institutions. And I know this because I had applied for that grant for the Sikh Society of Calgary and the feeling of um, security that it enabled is real. It really does have an impact on the psyche. We've uh, released the anti-racism report. There are a number of recommendations in there that my cabinet colleagues are looking at. And the hate crimes liaison, uh, once that is that individual is announced, that there's going to be way more engagement. So there's a lot of things that are have been announced, and I'll be doing some other things in my ministry. I actually, ironically, on Friday, I was going to record a video announcing the funding, funding which I, I had actually put in place in March for self-defense courses. The Centre wow. of Newcomers is going to be offering self-defense courses as well as the Al-Rashid Mosque in Edmonton so women can at least feel empowered and, and safe. But at the end of the day, government can only do so much. And I have always said this. I've said this for at least the last couple of years. This is a whole of society response. What are our community leaders doing? What are our institutions doing? What is? What are all of those spaces, neighborhoods outside of government? What are they doing to elevate this conversation? Because this is about freedom at the end of the day. Women need to be able to feel free to go to the park to feel free to go to the mall, to feel free to go anywhere out in society, not just racialized women, but all women and men. And when that freedom is in jeopardy, that is a concern for every single Albertan. Yeah, 100%. Now, it's sort of been a microcosm the last few days, right? I mean, seeing the, the worst and the best of, of society. I mean, what happened to your daughter Friday? But I mean, you know, the outpouring of support we've seen on, on social media, I'm sure at least there's been that side of it that, that's been at least somewhat uh, heartwarming, right? Somewhat reassuring. You're right. And uh, there has been an incredible outpouring of love and support. And that's what we focus on. And I was saying this earlier in the day today that, you know, we are a multicultural society and we take pride in our diversity. And for the most part, for the most part, people are accepting and celebrating of all of our different elements of society. But we do have a sliver and it's, it's a terrible sliver as illustrated by what happened in London. And we need to tackle it. And part of tackling it is to have these really 
uncomfortable conversations. And part of it was me, you know, watching my daughter lend her voice to this as well. And that wasn't easy as a parent. I'm a public figure. I didn't want her necessarily being in the public eye. But this is important enough that anybody who has a voice should be speaking up and and talking about these issues and bringing them to light. Absolutely. Well, Minister Sani, thank you so much for making some time for us here today, and all the best to you and, and your daughter and your whole family, and appreciate this. Thanks again. Thank you very much for this opportunity. All the best. Uh, there you go. That is uh, Rajan Sani. Uh, yeah, I mean, just as, as a mother dealing with uh, what happened to her daughter in downtown Calgary on Friday. She's, of course, also the MLA for Calgary Northeast, Minister of Community and Social Services. Uh, some strong words from the Premier uh, posted Friday evening after uh, Minister Sonny sh- uh, shared this story. Another deeply disturbing, hate-motivated attack on a young Alberta woman from a visible minority background. This is so profoundly wrong. Hate crimes like this are a vile attack not only on innocent individuals, but on the cohesion and safety of our entire society. We must all work together to stamp out this hate. We can't be disinterested bystanders when people are assaulted in our communities in broad daylight. I can't imagine what Rajan Sani and her family are going through and all others who have been targeted by similar attacks. We must stand with them in opposing hatred and defending the right of all Canadians to live in peace and security.